Hi, and welcome back to another edition of NFL Game Time Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubinson. Week 11 is here. I'll be breaking down each and every matchup, the keys to the game for both teams, and also what, how is the playoff picture starting to look? You know, we're now really entering the latter part of the season. Both playoff pictures in the NFC and AFC starting to come into focus. We kind of know who are the prime contenders, prime contenders for the division, and also prime contenders for a potential Super Bowl appearance. I'll get into all that and more. So let's get right into it because it's game time. So, as always, we'll start with the Thursday night game. And both these teams, the New England Patriots, taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Both these teams could not be coming off more opposite results, right? The New England Patriots coming off a real a statement win. Yeah, I, This is the NFL. You beat a team by 38 points. You beat a team 45-7. to 7. I don't care who you're playing. That's an impressive victory. Now, take into effect who you're playing. The Cleveland Browns are not a bad football team. As coming into the week, Patriots-Browns I thought would be really one of the best games of the week. I had picked the Patriots. I thought they would come out on top. But they dominated Cleveland start to finish all three phases. You You looked at it at the end and you really just stood there and thought the Browns did not stand a chance. As I think we didn't really know what this Patriots team would would blossom into this year. Obviously, rookie quarterback and Mac Jones, now two years removed from Tom Brady. What would this Patriots team become? As I think now that, again, week 11, I think we kind of see this Patriots team as a pretty well-rounded and really, really good football team. As New England right you know, right in the middle of the playoff picture. Uh, you know, they stand right there, six and four. They would be a wild card if the season ended today, as obviously Bill Belichick doing one of his best coaching jobs, maybe of his tenure, and that's obviously saying something given how decorated a coach Belichick is. So really just this Patriots team, is, it's so well-rounded, so well-coached, and again, the Browns were coming off a big win against the Bengals. You know, Browns, we didn't really know who they were. They had a big win. Starting to think maybe the Browns get back on track. As, I mean, the Patriots, again, they they imposed their will against Cleveland in every phase you can imagine. I, I like the Patriots to beat the Falcons, especially when you look at, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum, the Falcons. A team, really bad week one, not a great week two. But kind of ever since that rough start, they were playing competitive football. They were, you know, again, we were kind of, at the beginning of the year, the Falcons were almost seen as a laughing stock, as one of the worst teams in the league. Fast forward, you know, week 10, entering the Dallas game, as I thought Dallas would win, but I thought, based on what I had seen over the last few weeks, Atlanta's offense could make a competitive I was not right at all on that part. Uh, 43, I mean, I was talking about how it's impressive when you beat a team 45 to 7, uh, 43 to 3. And that, from Atlanta's perspective, that's just embarrassing. Again, I don't care who you're playing. This is the NFL. You lose by 40 points 
you have to get that turned around. Not to mention, you you have that short week. You don't know what you're having in Cordell Patterson. This is, I talk, and again, I think it really just shows how different these two franchises are, especially right now, where New England is very good in a lot of different areas. They run the ball well. They protect Mac Jones well. Mac Jones does all the little things right, gets the ball out on time, you know, gets the ball out to his playmakers. De- the defense, obviously, is one of the best in the league. They just do a lot of different things really well. And then you look at Atlanta, and you go over this roster, and there's just not many positives. You know, where Where's that bright spot? You know, Matt Ryan's the one of the brightest spots on this team, and he's in his upper 30s where he's probably not going to be around the next time Atlanta is truly competing for a deep playoff run. This Falcons team, and I don't think you can blame Arthur Smith, the rookie head coach. It's just not a well-put-together team. They have a lot of money owed to, owed to Matt Ryan. They're not in the best cap situation. They have, you know, with the Julio Jones trade, they do have some, you know, solid uh, mid-round picks, you know, some solid draft capital after the first round. But it's not like they're also coming in with a bounty of picks like Detroit will have or Philadelphia will have or even the Giants will have. Atlanta's, for a team that should be rebuilding, Atlanta's in a really poor situation to do so. They restructured Ryan's contract, so they really can't get out of that deal this upcoming season. The one bright spot for the Falcons, I'll say, is probably A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell has really taken that next step in his development. Atlanta was heavily criticized for taking Terrell one spot before C.D. Lamb went to the Cowboys. Lamb is probably still the better player. No doubt, I would argue that at least. But I think when you also take into account the value of the cornerback position, cornerback, in my mind, one of the foremost valuable positions in the game, in the NFL, and they're so difficult to find. Year one, A.J. Terrell had a really rough rookie year. You could attribute that to no preseason with COVID. It's his rookie year, in my mind. Cornerback not only is it one of the most valuable positions in the NFL, but I think it's also one of the most difficult positions to adjust to going from the college level into the NFL. So I don't know, you know, what me went into those struggles, but AJ Terrell first year did not look like the top 16 pick that Atlanta took him. Fast forward to year two, he still has a ways, not a ways to go, but he still has room to grow. With that being said, I think you, if you're a Falcons fan, a member of the Falcons coaching staff, front office, whatever, I think you really have to like what you've seen, the year-to-year progression from A.J. Terrell. Again, not many bright, spot, bright spots on this Falcons team. I will point to A.J. Terrell. I'm going the Patriots. As I said, I think these two teams are just polar opposites. Patriots, very well coached, very well-rounded. They do all the little things right. They know how to win football games when things are tight, when things are close late. You, the Patriots know how to handle those pressure situations. Atlanta, we've seen over the last few years, they at times they've gotten blown out. And when games are close late, they're not always great in those situations. They have been okay this year. Games against Miami and New Orleans are examples of that. 
This game is Atlanta. I don't think that makes that much of a difference. Mac Jones started the year off well, but you can see, and I think the Patriots are giving him more and more responsibility each and every week. And Mac Jones is taking those responsibilities as a challenge, and he's living up to it, not phased at all. You really have to be impressed from what you've seen from Mac Jones, by far the best rookie quarterback you know, to this point. So I, I like the Patriots. I just think they're they're better in every phase. They're better in every facet of the game, and I expect them to to handle Atlanta fairly easily on Thursday night. So now go to the team that played that lost Thursday night football last week, and that is the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Chicago, taking on the Chicago Bears. That was a bad loss for the Ravens last week. Dolphins, I maybe you could say maybe they're possibly better. You know, they're an underperforming team. Maybe they were due for a win here and there. But I don't care that the game was in Miami. When you're competing for a division, when you're in the division that the Ravens are in, that's so tight right now from top to bottom, you need all the wins you can get. And again, no win in the NFL is like a freebie. No team in the NFL is just going to lay down. We've seen that time and time again, year after year after year, especially this year. But that's a game. The Rams are a better team than the Dolphins. That's really a game they should have won. And you put yourself at a disadvantage when you don't win those games. When you don't beat the teams you're supposed to beat, you're putting more pressure on yourselves. Now, the Bears, on the other hand, I like what I saw from Justin Fields. I love what I saw from Justin Fields two weeks ago against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was a very, it was a loss, but it's all about, it's all about the development of Justin Fields, in my mind. That, that's the Bears, they might not admit it, but their goal isn't wins and losses this year. It's setting Justin Fields up to have a successful career in a Bears uniform. And they got off to a really rocky start, no doubt about that. But we've seen it now against the 49ers and then against the Steelers. Two solid defenses, especially especially the Steelers. And we saw what the 49ers did to a high-powered Rams offense. Those are two pretty solid defenses who are well-coached. And Justin Fields is playing better and better every week. He played well against two difficult defenses. I think you like coming off the bye week. It'll be interesting. How does Justin Fields respond? Extra week of preparation. Can he build off his game against the Steelers? I don't. I, he's this Ravens defense isn't what it what I thought it could be. I'm still going with the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're uh, just uh, kind of like I said against New England and Atlanta. They're just a better team. These are teams in opposite directions just in terms of where they are winning. The Ravens, they're going for it, obviously. This is a team that I still think wins this division. They were I picked them to win the division at the beginning of the year. And I'm, despite the tough loss against the Dolphins a week ago, I'm going to stick to that pick. I still think the Ravens win this division as with Lamar Jackson at quarterback and an extremely well-coached team, I think they do have the ability to potentially make a deep playoff run, 
especially when you look at the AFC, who's that dominant team? Right? Uh, there's no team that's dominant. Chiefs are 6-4. and four. I already mentioned how tight that AFC North is. Yeah, the Titans are, you know, starting to have success, pulling off huge wins against competitive, very good football teams. But this is also a team that did lose to the Jets at the beginning of the year. That At the beginning of the year, we thought, okay, this is a team that might make the playoffs based on a poor division. But other than that, they won't go far. Now, obviously, they're playing great football right now. But the overarching point is, the it's not like this, you know, the AFC North is wide open, in my mind. I still would probably peg the Ravens as the favorite, but I do think this division, given record-wise where all these teams are, it's pretty wide open. The AFC as a whole, though, is wide open. There's no dominant team. I don't even know who's... uh, Maybe you want to say the Titans will get that one seed, but Derrick Henry or no Derrick Henry, I don't think the Titans are 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 a substantial favorite over the rest. Yeah, this is a year where sometimes you want to say, you know, I bet this team versus the field. I think 10 times out of 10, in those cases, you always want to take the field this year. So I'm going with the Ravens to win this game. I think they have, you know, we were talking about, I was talking about how the Bears have that extra week of preparation. The Ravens, although they don't have the full week of preparation, I do think those extra few days... And will help them. They'll come out motivated after a tough loss to a team that I think they know they should have beaten. I think it'll give them a chance to really look in the mirror and be able to self-evaluate themselves. Something that the Ravens organization from top to bottom is tremendous at doing. Self-evaluating and knowing how to improve both in a personnel standpoint and a scheme standpoint. And I think the Ravens will do that. And again, I... It'll be really interesting to see how Justin Fields comes out against, you know, a pretty good defense, a pretty solid overall team. You know, when we know that the opposing quarterback, Lamar Jackson in this case, is going to be able to put up points. So I'm really interested to see Justin Fields, but I think taking out that component of it, the Ravens are just a better all-around team. It is in Chicago. They were a better they are a better all-around team than the Dolphins in loss, but I think they're going to do a they've I've already really started the self-scouting process of what went wrong against Miami. And I think they'll be able to rebound this week against a Chicago team that is, might have a future in fields. But I think other than that, has a lot of question marks about the future of its roster overall. So let's say now in the NFC North, coming off the Chicago Bears, an NFC North division battle Green Bay Packers traveling to Minnesota, taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings, huge win against the Chargers. I mean, that, that's a big win against the Chargers, especially when you're talking about how the, how the AFC is wide open. Vikings are right in the thick of it for that seventh, maybe potentially even sixth, but especially that seventh wild card seed, the seventh seed. Vikings are right in the mix. So going West Coast trip to a team that I think is potentially more talented than they are, beating the Chargers and finishing that game. For years, it's all about, you know, can the Vikings finish? They haven't been able to finish. They're able to finish off a team that 
I didn't think they'd be able to finish off. So that was a very impressive win by the Vikings. Packers, meanwhile, that defense is legitimate. You know, we all want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and the offensive line. And as we should, they have a very complete offense. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is one of the top probably five quarterbacks in the NFL. They can run the ball efficiently with or without Aaron Jones. And I know Russell Wilson was coming off the injury. I mean, he had to miss you know, quite a few weeks. That was a serious injury that Russell Wilson was coming off of, and we don't really know how healthy Wilson was coming into that game. But you shut, I mean, they shut that Seattle offense down. And they shut him out as I mean, this Packers defense, if it continues to, I mean, they don't have to shut out people like Russell, you know, opponents like the Seahawks, people like Russell Wilson each and every week. But if their defense plays anything like what we saw last Sunday, I don't want to, I don't, again, I'm not saying Green Bay should be the heavy favorites in the NFC, but in a conference that is wide open and in a, and in a year where really the entire NFL is wide open, if this Packers defense continues to play the way it has, I might, I might peg them as the favorites potentially not just represent the NFC, but potentially hoist the Vince Lombardi trophy, potentially be that last team standing, as what a storyline that would be. What a storyline that would be with Aaron Rodgers potentially leaving Green Bay. We thought he might have been traded in the offseason, comes back for kind of one last hurrah for the Packers, and they win the Super Bowl. That would definitely be some storyline. Focusing on this game now, I like the Green Bay Packers. I think, uh, going back to this idea of well-rounded, which seems more well-rounded, I like both of these offenses. I really do. I know no Aaron Jones, but I still think very good offensive line, and A.J. Dillon's a pretty good running back for Green Bay. So I think the Packers will still be able to run the ball. This game, I think, probably comes down to which team can can get that stop. As I talked about, you know, great job by the Vikings last week, finishing off the Chargers. Can you do it again against Aaron Rodgers? Can you, back-to-back weeks, finish? Finish against top quarterbacks. Finish, in this case, against a veteran quarterback. I'm just not confident that they can do that. And... That's nothing against, it's more so, you know, credit to Aaron Rodgers, credit to this Packers offense than me criticizing the Vikings. But if this game is close, if it's a one possession game late and Aaron Rodgers has the ball in his hands, yeah, I'm going to side with the guy who's done it for, you know, over a decade. I'm going to pick Aaron Rodgers to be able to drive down the field and be able to take the lead or tie the game and force overtime. Whatever this situation calls for. On the other side, I think that if the Vikings have the ball, trying to tie the game or take the lead, yeah. I'm a, I'm think I might side with the Packers there too. I love this Vikings offense. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, two maybe one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL. Great running game with Dalvin Cook. Even Alexander Madison sprinkled in. We know he can get the job done when given the chance. 
But the way this Packers defense is playing is really impressive. And I'm not saying they'll shut down the Vikings offense. I don't believe they will. I think the Vikings offense will be able to get their yards, their points. But I think the Packers defense will be able to do just enough. And I think that's really saying something when that defense knows they don't have to be perfect. They know that. And I think knowing that, hey, we don't have to shut an opponent out. We don't have to hold every team below 10 points. Or even below 20 points. Because we have Aaron Rodgers. Having the presence of Aaron Rodgers and that overall Packers offense behind you. Knowing we can allow 21, even 24 points. And it's not the end of the world. Playing with that more carefree attitude. And just the way of playing. I think benefits any team significantly. And in this case, Green Bay, I think it benefits the Packers significantly in the fact that they're not as tense. They're not as tight. You may, you know, you allow a touchdown, you allow a scoring drive. You don't get too hard on yourself. You can easily turn the page knowing who we have on our, on our sideline. Okay, the opposing team scored. We're confident that with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, he'll bail us out. And obviously, you don't want to be bailed out each and every time, each and every possession. But I think playing with almost a stress-free state of mind allows you to just play more carefree. And I think when you're playing carefree, stops, getting big turnovers, getting big plays on defense, it energizes you more. And I think it, re- and I think it really helps you just play just have a better state of mind when you're playing and I think the Aaron and I think that's how Aaron Rodgers really can affect this the defense of the Packers and why this defense of Green Bay is playing so well and again if the Packers defense continues to play like it has they're gonna have as good a chance as any team in the NFL to be the last team standing and hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy because that defense is legitimate And you pair that defense with what we know Aaron Rodgers can do. And the Green Bay Packers are a dangerous team. So I'm going with the Packers to beat the Vikings. I think even with a loss, I still think the Vikings are in the playoff mix. But it definitely makes things more difficult. And I don't know if the Vikings are a team built to make that deep playoff run like I know the Packers are. So I'm, I'm going with the Packers. Let's now shift our focus to the AFC Indianapolis Colts taking on the Buffalo Bills Colts. Really rough start to the year. Now all of a sudden they sit five and five. Bills six and three. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen is just playing great football. He has really all season long. This game is in Buffalo where yeah, it's getting to that time of year. Weather's going to play a bigger and bigger factor. Colts, they have a dome stadium. Bills obviously do not. I'm going with the, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I think weather really does play. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact weather, but at the same time, I doubt it's going to be 65 degrees and sunny in Buffalo this Sunday. I could be wrong, but I would not. I would bet against it. 
I'd bet against that it's that nice out and that warm out this Sunday in Buffalo, New York. And I think a guy like Carson Wentz, who we know, he, again, he's played in a dome for a lot of his games this year, and we still know some of the the pen or not penalties, but the decisions he makes have been questionable, and the turnover, and we still don't can get a grasp of why he makes certain decisions that lead to these turnovers that sometimes it can be tough for for our minds to get a grasp of. And now you're playing, obviously, a very good defense. I was talking about how the Packers' defense really pairs well with Aaron Rodgers. Bills having a fantastic year, both offensively and defensively. I think you really have to like what you've seen from the Bills' defense as that defense gives Buffalo potentially as good a chance as any to reach the Super Bowl and potentially even win it. Again, with Wentz, bad conditions, it's going to be, you know, Colts are really going to make a statement to try to run the ball early. Only problem is, Bills have a really good run defense. Bills have a really good run defense. I think they'll be able to not stop Jonathan Taylor, not beat up this Colts offensive line. But unlike the last few weeks where we've seen Jonathan Taylor and this Colts offensive line and the running game take over games, they took over the game against the Jets. Very good game last week against Jacksonville. I We don't see that. I do not think we see Jonathan Taylor and this Colts running game take over the game against a really stout Bills front seven. I don't, I don't see that happening. And now you're putting more pressure on Wentz, which Wentz has not had to deal with some of the pressure the last few weeks. He's been more reliant on the run game. The defense has made plays, and before you know it, the Colts have a lead that Wentz can kind of gain confidence. And you know, I was talking about carefree. You don't want to be carefree with the football, but he's been able to, you know, knowing we do have a double-digit lead, I can spin it more. I don't have to be as afraid of turning the ball over, and I think that's really helped him, you know, just play better the last couple of weeks. Make you know, not make those putrid decisions not make those pu- not commit those putrid turnovers facing a really good defense where the game's gonna especially be tight early and the run game I don't think will be as successful I could see some of those turnovers from one starting to creep up and if Buffalo does get those turnovers which I think they'll be able to get a couple I have confidence in Josh Allen that they'll be able to convert those into points and potentially not just field goals but touchdowns Again, kind of going back to the overall theme of this episode. All-around teams. Good all-around teams. The Bills are that one. The Bills are one of those. I mean, they do pretty much everything well. There are not many things, if any, the Bills don't do well. I'm not even talking about the Bills do poorly. Just don't do at an elite level. I mean, the way they carry themselves is at an elite level. They're incredibly well-coached. Top to bottom, starting with the general manager, Brandon Bean. This is just a terrific organization and a terrific football team and coaching staff that Brandon Bean has built in Buffalo. And it's sustainable. I think that's what you have to love if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah, you can get caught up in Josh Allen and, and you have the potential to win a Super Bowl this very season. 
but it's sustainable. And I think that's what really excites you as a fan that you're, you're hoping for a Super Bowl championship this year, obviously. But in the back of your mind, you know, if this is not our year, it can be next year. It can be in two years. It can be in three years. This isn't a team that's just catching lightning in a bottle. This isn't a team that is just ha- is luck is on their side. They're incredibly well put together team that has been, that was built the right way, and their team is built. Their organization is built for sustained success, and I think that's what's so exciting, which you have to love if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. This isn't, you know, we've seen the way they brought Josh Allen along, the way they've built this team from the ground up, have used their draft picks, have used their financial resources. They know their weakness and they address it in the, not not the biggest, not always the biggest way possible, but they typically do it in one of the smartest ways possible. So all the credit in the world goes to Brandon Bean and that really the entire bill is front office, the coaching staff, the players, really fun to see what the Bills are building. And you can really, if you really look over the last few years, you really can see that clear process that they followed and how it all came to fruition and how it's really working out for that organization. I'm going with the Bills. I just think they're a better all-around team. I think with this game, the run game not getting going for Indianapolis, more pressure will fall on Wentz. And I think that could definitely lead to some turnovers via Wentz. And I do think the Bills will be able to capitalize and convert points on those mistakes by the Colts. So now let's go Detroit Lions. I I mean, they're not 0-9. Yay. I mean, I I guess that's good, right? (laughs) They're not going to go 0-17. They're not going to go 0-17. They would not be the first team to go 0-17. So I guess that's a positive. In a, in a sort of way. I mean, you're not going 0-17 and you're still in prime position for the number one pick. Always trying to look on the bright side there for the Detroit Lions as a really ugly way to lose. They've had some good games in the past the Lions where they've lost just because they've been outplayed or the talent deficiency has come up late in games. Uh, last week was not the case. They really just played poorly. Now they face... A, now they continue... The road trip, going to another AFC North home, taking on the Cleveland Browns. Browns, and that was an embarrassing loss. I mentioned it at the top of the podcast when I was, you know, praising the Patriots. On the other side, if you're the Browns, yeah, again, I picked New England to win, but 45 to 7? Really? To a team that, at least talent-wise, it's not that. There's not that much of a talent, you know, discrepancy between them and the Patriots. I do think the Browns, uh, you know, re- nah. I think the Browns get back on track. And obviously, the Lions, they're struggling in terms of closing out games. Dan Campo, I think he has potential to be a good head coach in the league, but he's kind of still learning the ins and outs of being a head coach at the NFL level. I like the Cleveland Browns. To win this game. At home. I do think. They get back on track. As again. The AFC North. As I mentioned earlier. Ravens are 6-3. and three, Steelers are 5-3-1. and one, Bengals are 5-4. and four, And Browns are 5-5. Five and five. So yes. The Browns. 500 in last place in that division. 
But, I, I mean, they're right there. Again, the Ravens are the top team at 6-3. and three. You're 5-5. Five and five. It's right. You're in the running still for this division. And, again, the AFC, it's so, you know, for the most part, crowded, crowded and bundled up and kind of, you know, squished together almost that you can still sneak in as a wild card. You can still sneak in as a wild card. Now, that being said, you have to win these games. No excuses. You need to beat teams like the Lions. With all, again, with all due respect to the Lions, and I think given their uh, s- uh, salary cap situation and their draft capital, and I, I'm a big fan of Brad Holmes, their general manager, I, can't, I like the future, the potential future of the Detroit Lions, but the future is not today. So this is a game, if you're the Browns, you have to win. The Steelers could not take care of business. I know Roethlisberger didn't play, and that was kind of because he reported he reported symptoms, which, you know, credit to Big Ben. But because it came up so late in the week, the Steelers, they weren't really prepared. But the Steelers could not take care of business. And again, in a tight division, you got to win those games. Steelers cannot. Browns can. And it'd be a big game if the Browns can get can get the win, especially considering that Especially what we've seen over the last two weeks. Nothing is a given in the NFL. Any given Sunday, any given Monday, any given Thursday, anything can happen. And that's what makes the great what makes the NFL so great, so special. You never truly know what's gonna happen. Browns need to take care of business this week though. Because they're still in it. At five and five, they're still in it. But if you do lose this week, and you drop to five and six, or even dare I say you tie, and the Lions get another tie, and you're five five and one. Considering you still have to play the teams in your division, those are all going to be tough physical games. You lose this week against Detroit, your playoff chances definitely drop. They definitely drop. You have to take care of business at home against a team that I don't care if Baker Mayfield plays or not, and even I don't know even I don't even know if Mayfield. Should be playing with all of his shoulder injuries. But Mayfield or no Mayfield, the Browns are still a more talented and better overall team than the Lions. So they need to take care of business this week. No doubt about it. I do think the Browns do 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 that. They should come out a win. They should come out with a win, and I predict they will. And again, you do that, you're 6-5, and five, and you're right in the thick of the playoff mix. Especially in your division. That again, no team is separating themselves. We thought, you know, potentially Cincinnati, they they lose to the Jets. Does Baltimore now control their destiny? Yeah, they do, but they also just lost to Miami last week. Whenever we think a team's starting to separate themselves in their division, they don't, and they get in their own way. Cleveland can't do that this week. They need to take care of business, and I think they will. Now, the Ron Rivera revenge game. Ron Rivera, you know, returning to Carolina game, however you want to say it. The Washington football team, really both these teams. The Washington football team and the Carolina Panthers, both with really impressive wins. And I know you're going to say, well, the Panthers beat Colt McCoy and it wasn't Kyler Murray. The Niners played Colt McCoy and we saw how that game turned out. You know, Cole McCoy, Cole McCoy beat, went into Seattle last year with the Giants and won. 
Yeah, I know Colt McCoy's not Kyler Murray by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a solid backup. Colt McCoy's a solid backup. And again, even one week earlier, we saw him and the Cardinals really beat up the Niners, who beat the Rams, which again goes to show you that the NFL is really unpredictable, which makes the game so great and so fun and entertaining to watch. I'm going with the Panthers, though. I'm going with the Panthers. And it's so tough because, again, as I said, really impressed. Because they didn't just beat the Cardinals. I mean, they killed the Cardinals. They destroyed the Cardinals. And again, I think some of it, you know, maybe was Colt McCoy. Is, I don't, that doesn't happen if Kyler's starting, if Hopkins is in. But that was an impressive win. It was an impressive win. Two, going, flying to Arizona. Again, Colt McCoy, solid backup. And again, they didn't just beat the Cardinals. They destroyed the Cardinals. And I think we shouldn't take that lightly. On the other side, the Washington football team, they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That drive by Taylor Heineke was maybe one of the most impressive drives I've ever seen. It was over a 10-minute drive. They converted third down after third down after third down. They got... A 10, what, 10 and a half minute drive? That's so difficult to do in any day and age of the NFL. I mean, we talk about how, you know, Brady, okay, he scores the touchdown to Evans. He's going he's gonna to get the ball back. And no, he didn't get the ball back until there was 29 seconds left. I mean, the way Washington really marched down that field and left so little time and ended it with a touchdown. They ended it with a touchdown. One of the most impressive drives from start to finish, especially with how they finished, that I may have ever seen. Kudos to Taylor Heineke. Kudos to Ron Rivera. Kudos to that Washington football team. This is such a tough game to pick. And as I said, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. It's such a tough game to pick because I think when you look at how both these teams won, both these teams with such statement victories, it's so tough to, you know, because I think right now both these teams are really in the same tier. I'm going to go with the Panthers, though. I really like what I've seen from Cam Newton. And there is a some uncertainty of what you're going to get from a full Cam Newton start. And I definitely question who is Cam with, not at this, not only at this point in his career, but also... Yeah, like he, what has he been, I'm sure he's been working out, but we always talk about good shape versus football shape, and he looked great in limited action against the Cardinals, but again, it was, well, limited action. How will he with a full bo- a full game, how will he look in the first 15 minutes compared to the last five minutes? Because it's not always, yes, yeah, I guess if they start strong and have a great first half, you know, maybe the last five minutes won't matter, but I expect this game to come down to the fourth quarter. I expect this to be a tight game, a close game, and I'm interested to see, with a full game of work, how will Cam Newton's body hold up, and how will the stamina, you know, will he have the full, that stamina he needs and a player needs to play all 60 minutes? So, that's something I'm really intrigued by. That's something I'm really interested by. I'm going to go with the Panthers here. Panthers, a really inconsistent year, I should say. Started off strong, fell into a hole, huge win last week. They really have been a really inconsistent team. 
I am going with the Panthers. I think, you know, Cam Newton, I think he'll be able to make enough plays. I This Panthers defense is solid enough. I think they'll be able to, you know, create some turnovers from Heineke. It feels like every time, you know, Heineke has a very good game. There's optimism. He seems to regress quite a, quite a bit. So I'm going to go with the Panthers. Close game. It's in Carolina. This is probably, from a competitive standpoint, in my mind, going to be one of the better games, closer games of the week. But I am going with the Carolina Panthers to beat the Washington football team. Should be a, should be a competitive game. And, you know, Ron Rivera obviously returned to Carolina. He'll probably get, you know, the proper ovation that he deserves taking the Panthers to a Super Bowl. So good for Ron Rivera. He'll hopefully get the proper welcome that he deserves. I am going to go with the Panthers, though, to spoil his homecoming. So now, division matchup. Houston Texans taking on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Texans, I don't know what to make of them. As Titans, they're playing great football. They're playing incredible football as Derrick Henry is a loss, no doubt about it. You lose Derrick Henry, your team won't be as good. They're not going to improve. They're not going to be as good. You're going to suffer some decline. It's only natural. But I think we also also have to look at the running back position in today's NFL. And whether you like it or not, a running back in today's NFL is just not very valuable. We see what happened when the Giants took Saquon Barkley number two overall. We've seen what happened when the Chiefs took Clyde edwards Elaire in the first round after winning the Super Bowl. Leonard Fournette, fourth overall by the Jaguars. A running back in today's NFL is just not as valuable. And yes, Derrick Henry is still a... I'm not saying he's not valuable at all. He's definitely a player that's pretty valuable. But I think we were all acting like Without Derrick Henry, this entire Titans offense would fall apart, and that just simply has not been the case. Tannehill's playing at an incredible level. This defense, which I did not expect this Titans defense to be playing as well as they have, they played incredible the last few weeks. And I expected them to keep rolling. I think they're going to get another win, as they definitely are playing the best football, maybe in the NFL right now. Maybe I'll give the slight edge to the Packers. Got to give him maybe a pass for, you know, the Jordan Love start where their offense didn't look good, but their defense sure did against the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Titans because right now that team is rolling on all cylinders with or without Derrick Henry. I think Henry makes definitely makes a difference when he's out on the field, no doubt about it. But I think even we're seeing, even as great as Derrick Henry is, it's potentially not as valuable as we all once thought. And I think that hurts the running back position even more. Because we thought it didn't get more valuable than Derrick Henry. And now we're seeing this Titans team, who have been great teams. The Rams, the Chiefs. They're beating really good teams. And they're getting the job done. And I expect them to continue to get the job done. After that loss to the Jets, I would not have thought they are where they are. But good for them. Good for Tannehill, good for Rabel, and I think they'll keep it rolling against the Houston Texans team that it's really tough to know what they are and who to make of them. 
So now let's go. San Francisco 49ers coming to the East Coast, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. What a win for the Niners on Monday night. I know the Rams had some, you know, self-inflicted wounds in in terms of just how they played, just self-inflicted wounds. Just in terms of how they, again, in terms of how they played, they, they just seemed out of sync. They seemed out of sync. And I think, I, I think they'll, they'll get it together, the Rams. But talking about the Niners, they take advantage. Great job by them. They took full advantage of a Rams team that was hurting from the loss of Robert Woods. Stafford had not gotten, you know, his connection down with Odell Beckham Jr., and I think you got to give the Niners credit for taking advantage. Debo Samuel has had a huge game. He had a huge. He's had a huge year. And I think they rolled against the Jaguars team that, yeah, they had a nice moment against the Bills. And yeah, you know, good London win against the Dolphins. But this Jaguars team is a long ways away. It's a long ways away from being competitive. And I don't. Ex- and I expect this week to be no different. I still think they have a long ways to go. So I'm going to San Francisco 49ers. They're just a, be- a better all-around team than the Jaguars are. Jaguars have a ton of holes. And I think Debo Samuel and the Niners continue to roll. Big win against the Rams. Potentially a really season-saving win against the Rams. And I think they get another nice win against the Jaguars this week. So now let's go. AFC East division battle. Miami Dolphins taking on the Joe Flacco. The Joe Flacco-led Jets. I like the Dolphins in this one. They're playing good football. Yeah, the win against Baltimore was surprising, but overall, they're just playing good football right now. They're playing much better than they did even just a couple weeks ago. I think that second half of the year, they're going to continue to play not great, but better. This team, you know, for the first half of the year was probably one of the bigger disappointments. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs, but I thought they'd be better than they than what they've shown up until this point. So I, I, I think the Dolphins, they continue to roll. The Jets, Elijah Moore has come on strongly, but it's really tough to tough to see what the Jets are doing. I yes, you're obviously trying to win games, but I mean I think you ha- you got to start Mike White. If I were the Jets, I would start Mike White. I know it's, you know, backup quarterback or backup quarterback, but Joe Flacco, we know what he is at this point in his career. Why not start the young guy? Why not start the young backup who has shown flashes at least. He's shown flashes and brilliance. In his short, in some of his, uh, you know, short tenure in the NFL, I, I'm going with the Dolphins. They're just playing better football. I think their defense is going to make life really difficult on Joe Flacco, and that's a big reason why Flacco is starting is because the Dolphins' defense really complex, bring a lot of really uh, intriguing, you know, intriguing schemes and designs to the table. That will be tough for a young quarterback like a Mike White to pick up especially when they're blitzing. And I think that's a huge reason why Flacco is getting the start. I don't think that's going to matter, though, in terms of Flacco's veteran presence over White's inexperience. I'm still going with the Dolphins. It's in New York. That doesn't do a whole lot for me either. I think the Dolphins get another win 
and start. Yeah, you know, it might it might be too little too late, but I think they are gonna stack wins here, build some confidence, and you know, beat beat a division opponent. And so I, I like the Dolphins in this one, get another win here against the New York Jets. Now going New Orleans Saints taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. Big win last week. Big win against the Denver Broncos. I picked Denver. I thought it'd be a good game. But Eagles really took it to the Broncos. I did not expect any of the teams. I thought it would be a close game. I didn't expect any of the teams to win in the fashion that they did, in the fashion that Philly did. So I was really impressed with Philly's win, win, win last week. It seems like the Eagles actually play better on the road than at home. This is going to be a really close game. We saw how the Eagles played the Chargers a couple weeks ago, a team that is more talented than they are. Just, you know, saying, calling it like it is, Chargers are just a more talented team, but Philly hung right in there. This is such a tough game for me to pick. I'm going to lean the Saints. I'm going to pick the Saints cautiously um, because I do think this is going to go right down to the wire. Trevor Simeon's playing okay football, though. Trevor Simeon's playing not great football, but we saw. I'm with the game on the line. He led a drive. He led a touchdown drive against the Tennessee Titans. Now they couldn't convert the two point conversion, and there was also missed extra points earlier, which played a huge role. But Trevor Simeon's actually been playing pretty good football, and to go along with that great defense of the Saints and a very good running game and offensive line, the Saints very good all around team that can help make up for. Lack of production at the quarterback position. So I'm going with the Saints here. I think they get a gritty road win. I think it's going to be a tough game. Fairly low scoring. But I think the Saints come out on top. Let's now go Bengals, Raiders. I I like the Raiders in this one. Tough game last week. Not a good game for the Raiders Sunday Night Football. But I think they get a bit. I think they get a big win this week. This is going to be one of the best games of the week. Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. I expect it to be high scoring. And I think the Raiders, they know how they performed last week. And I think they're going to come out firing. I think they're going to come out with a purpose. (coughs) It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game for both teams. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think both quarterbacks, Burrow and Carr, are going to have success. But I, I like the Raiders. I like what I still overall like Derek Carr. I like both these quarterbacks. I really do. But I, I am going to go with the Raiders. I think they eke out a win. I think they use their ugly loss, really, against the Chiefs. Use it as motivation. motivation. <coughs> both these quarterbacks really coming off you know, poor performances against division opponents. The Bengals... A couple weeks ago, really bad game against the Browns. Burrow did not play up to his standards, and the same goes for Carr. But I think Carr gets back on track. I think both these guys get back on track, but I think the Raiders sneak out a win at home against Cincinnati. Now going Cowboys-Chiefs. Big win for—I mean, that was a dominant win by Dallas, and I think they had, that was a win they had to have. Bad loss to Denver— I don't, I don't want to say people lost confidence in the Cowboys after that game, 
but I definitely think people were possibly starting to raise an eyebrow. You know, not they don't play in a very good division. I definitely think there was a, you know, question mark possibly starting to rise after losing at home to a solid but not great Denver team. And I think they kind of reinstilled the confidence of themselves. And I think people are back on this Cowboys bandwagon. Having said that, I'm going with the Chiefs. And I said it last week on the podcast. That play against the Packers where Mahomes is rolling out. They need the first down to close out the to close out Green Bay. He throws it sidearm to an open Tyreek Hill who, you know, kind of in that scramble drill, Hill found some some green grass. I really thought that the Chiefs could potentially take off after that play. As last week, we saw the Chiefs of old. We saw the Mahomes of old. They looked like they were having fun again. They weren't pressing. They were taking what the Raiders gave them. And then when the big plays open up downfield, Mahomes made sure he didn't miss. And that's the recipe the Chiefs have to live by. And I think they finally learned that last week. They finally played to what the defenses are giving them. They finally said, hey, if we have to run the ball, if we have to go short with the passing game, let's do that. Let's do what we have to do to win. Let's be a multi-dimensional offense. That's what they were last week, and I think that's what they really have to do going forward. And I think they will. I think, especially when you look at how aggressive this Cowboys secondary is, I think they'll be able to have some big plays. Games in Kansas City. I know Chiefs, they still have to probably win another game or two against a tough opponent like Dallas to really get back on track. But I do think they're on their way. And I think they're well on their way, especially if they had the same type of game plan they did against Vegas last week. And I think they will, and they'll start playing that type of football. And I think they'll continue to do that and get a big win against the Dallas Cowboys. Now let's go. Huge, huge NFC West showdown. Arizona Cardinals taking on the Seattle Seahawks. With I mean, with as bad as that offense played last week, the Seahawks, they might need. I think they need to beat Arizona to keep their season alive. This isn't a very good football team. We saw what they were when Russell Wilson was out. They need to keep their season alive. And assuming Kyler Murray plays in this game, I know it's still up in the air. I don't think they're going to. Now, if Colin McCoy plays, I will pick the Seahawks. But as of this recording, I think Kyler Murray will play. This Cardinals team, I know they had a really poor performance against the Panthers, but I think you take out the Panthers game, this Cardinals team is playing really well in every phase of the game. Coming into this year, I thought it was going to be a the Kyler Murray show, and that's it, with DeAndre Hopkins and you know potentially Christian Kirk. But this defense is playing well. They have a really efficient running game. Cliff Kingsbury is doing a very good job as a head coach of this football team. You really have to like what you're seeing from the Arizona Cardinals. And the Seattle Seahawks, you don't. I don't like what I'm seeing, and I don't think anyone likes what they're seeing. Especially considering, you know, Russell Wilson's, we don't know how healthy he is. I said it against, you know, when I was talking about the Packers, we don't know how healthy Russell Wilson is. And I think it's going to take him another game or so to truly get back on track and get back 100% healthy. I know Murray's coming off his own injury. I think he comes back healthy, Murray, close to, if not 100%. And I think the Cardinals get a huge road win, get back on track, big game against a division opponent. 
And again, you don't want to say a team season's over over, but if the Cardinals do get the job done, it's really tough to see the Seattle Seahawks bouncing back after another loss to a big-time opponent. Now let's go Sunday night football. Pittsburgh Steelers coming off a terrible tie. You know, in Pittsburgh, you have the terrible towels. Last week, it was a terrible, you know, they were waving, instead of the terrible towels, you have the terrible tie. That's what I'm going to call it. From the, the terrible tie. That's what, that's what the Steelers were waving last Sunday instead of the terrible towels. I think that this is actually going to be a really good competitive game. I'm going to go with the Chargers mainly because it's in L.A. Yeah, I don't like usually to pick teams based on where games are, but the Steelers having to travel to the West Coast in a dome. A, you know, dome stadiums compared to the outdoor elements of a place like Pittsburgh, that's typically favors the offense. If this game were in Pittsburgh, I think I'd probably go with the Steelers considering the elements and hostile environment that the Steelers bring and that Pittsburgh brings. The chart. Chargers, they don't have those elements, and I think that actually helps the Chargers here. I think it helps the Chargers. We know the Steelers fan base is going to show up, and we know they're going to make their presence felt. But I, I think I like the Chargers in this one. Their offense has not lived up to its consistent billing. It's not been as great as I thought it would be. It's had some off weeks, which has surprised me when you consider the talent and how improved this offensive line has been. But again... The Steelers, I think, will play, they'll play better than they did against the Lions. But again, that's not saying much. And this Chargers team, just a little bit better than the Lions. Just a little, maybe. But I, I think the Chargers get a win. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a competitive game. Should be a fun Sunday night game. And I really wouldn't be surprised to see either team win it. So let's now... Turn our attention, Monday night game, last game of the year, New not last game of the year, last game of the week, of week 11, the New York Giants taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Giants defense is back to what it was last year. That defense is good, and I think they'll be able to potentially even limit this Brady-led Buccaneers offense. But, like I mentioned with some earlier teams, the Giants have not been able to finish games since 2016, and I am not exaggerating. I, I The Giants, I was going to script how this game is going to go. It's going to be a close game, back and forth. Giants are going to take the lead in the you know early in the fourth quarter. They'll be trying to hang on for dear life. They'll have the ball, a chance to put the game away. And because of a penalty, a bad throw by Daniel Jones, a drop, they're going to have to give the ball back to Brady. The defense is going to make some dumb penalty as well, and the Bucks are going to win it. And now you might not even have to watch the Giants-Bucks game, because they just basically ruined the ending. <laughs> and that's how all these Giants losses have gone, especially over the last few years. They, always, they do play up to their competition, and I do think the Giants will make this a competitive game. But they have not been able to finish, and now you're going up against one of the best finishers in NFL, maybe probably the best finisher in NFL history in the form of Tom Brady. Game is in Tampa. I don't think that makes a huge difference. But I just think this game's going to be close. And I think Brady will get the ball at the end of the game, unlike against Washington. And I think he'll be able to get the job done. So that's going to do it for this edition of NFL Game Time Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will see you next week for week 12 
of the NFL season. I can't believe we're already this late into this glorious NFL season. We'll see it, or I'll see you next time on NFL Game Time Podcast.